the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Oh, boy. Welcome to the Wednesday, September 25th. Exactly 90 days to Christmas. Well, that'll perk up your day, won't it? <laughs> Welcome to Wednesday, September 25th edition of Lifeline. I am indeed Craig Roberts. And boy, used to say back in the rock and roll days, the rock and roll radio days, we got them racked and stacked. And we do indeed today. Coming up a little bit later on, our good friend Reggie Littlejohn will join us. She, of course, the founder and president of the Women's Rights Without Frontiers organization. An update on the devastating impact of China's controversial one-child policy that's leaving an enormous degree of widowed women in China, many of whom, with no resources to turn to, no family to turn to, are turning to suicide during their difficult years. We'll find out more about it and how you can help. Also, our continuing study in the Word, a look at the Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You. Best-selling author, Pastor Don Scott Damon, joins us a little bit later on in tonight's program. The facts are these. The intelligence community inspector general, who was appointed by President Trump, determined that the complaint is both of urgent concern and credible. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella. Oh boy, that announcement yesterday afternoon, and so the games begin. If you walked out halfway through the Mueller report because you were bored out of your mind, just wait till the sequel comes out. (laughs) But don't start lining up for front row seats yet, because there may not be as much there, there, as House Democrats seem to suggest. Joining me now, former White House Deputy Assistant to the President, best-selling author, his latest book, by the way, The War for America's Soul, nationally syndicated talk show host, heard on America First every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. here in the Bay Area on our sister station, 860 AM, The Answer. Pleased to have join us, Sebastian Gorka. Seb, how are you? Very, very well. Thank you for having me. This is uh, this is an interesting turn of affairs here. Pelosi, after months of resistance, finally succumbs to impeachment proceedings pressure. But what's ironic about all of this is, in the moments after she made that announcement yesterday afternoon, it comes down to this, that they're now going to move forward with impeachment proceedings on a complaint they've not seen from a whistleblower they've not yet met based on a transcript that they've not read from a call that they've not heard. Um, I guess they wandered them out from the very beginning, and they're going to force their point no matter what, whether or not there's any there there. It's very, very clear, Craig, that for the last three years they've wanted to impeach Donald Trump. They want to nullify the will of the American people, the 30th 
the 63 million people who chose a complete political outsider to drain the swamp. The, the idea that we have now, I, I read the whole transcript out on my show today. There's nothing there. You, you can't impeach somebody without there being a crime. This is a circus. Despite the fact that if you want to really investigate collusion, you should look into Vice President Biden's son, who knows nothing about energy, knows nothing about Eastern Europe, received $50,000 a month as part of a sweet deal with a Ukrainian energy company, and then with no background in hedge funds, no background in Asia, got $1.5 billion from the Chinese Communist National Bank after he flew to Beijing with his father on Air Force Two. If you want to see corruption, it's the Biden family, the Democrats, the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton. Now, the, the irony is there's there's nice work if you can get it, huh? <laughs> now, the, the yeah, interesting... $50,000 a month for, for, for something you're not qualified to do, not too shabby. Not too shabby in my book either. Now, here's the interesting thing. You know, ultimately, there are two people that really fully and completely understand what went on in that phone conversation. The president, our president, and the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. And Zelensky today was very straightforward. He said, I felt no pressure. I didn't feel as if I was being in any way coerced. So if you have the president saying, hey, no ill will intent, no quid quid pro quo demonstrable anywhere in this conversation, and the very gentleman that he was talking to, the one that is alleged that he was trying to to coerce and manipulate, says himself, hey, I didn't feel any pressure, then what's this all about? Is this once again an attempt so they didn't get anywhere with the Mueller report, so let's go round two here, doing so leading into the election, barely scant 13, 14 months away? Look, uh, the the transcript is very clear. As I write in in my new book, The War for America's Soul, Donald Trump, you see, what you see is what you get, whether it's on his TV show, whether it's doing real estate deals in Manhattan, or whether it's running the most powerful government in the world. He's a straight shooter. That conversation is a cordial conversation. It's about helping another country fight corruption. And it's about a a very, very grateful uh, new head of state saying, you know, I want to drain the swamp too, and I see you as my role model. That drives the Democrats crazy. They tried the Russia collusion hoax for two years, wasted $35 million of our taxpayer money, came up with nothing. Then they tried obstruction of justice. That failed as well. And this is is the next farce. It's just a farce. You're asking me, why do they do it? Very simply, they have nothing else to run on for the next 405 days. What are they going to run on? We have, we have the greatest economy the world has ever seen, and we want to destroy it. Uh, we want to bring back ISIS. We want to keep, you know, we want to have you pay for the health care for illegal aliens. They know they cannot. They don't have a chance of defeating Donald Trump in, in, in the election if they run on the merits. So they're trying to sabotage. America's choice in 2016. The irony is, if you look at the demonstration of the dog and pony show with the debates that have been held so far amongst the Democrats, uh, there's clearly no real leader in any of them, at least in, in my opinion. And I find it interesting here, Seb, that 13 months before the election, 
Congress is going to take this thing on. Now they're going to pause because they'll be in their local district September 30th through the 14th for two weeks. Then they'll be off in a recess during Thanksgiving week for a week. Then they'll come back briefly, then back on recess December 16th through the 31st. That pushes the scope of this, the bulk of this, into 2020, quite conveniently just heading into the first primaries. Is this by any accident, or were they just waiting for an opportunity to launch this by design? Design. No, I, I look. I, there's no great conspiracy theory here. They want, look. We, we've had Democrats calling for impeachment since basically the day after the inauguration. This, this should surprise nobody that this has occurred. At the end of the day, this, is, this was what they intended to do. However, I think Nancy Pelosi was painted into a corner by by the four horsewomen of of the Democrat apocalypse, that the radicals have taken over the party. When you have avowed anti-Semites like Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, uh, uh, socialists who really are crypto-communists like Ocasio-Cortez, who want to stop you eating beef or flying to see your grandmother at Thanksgiving, you, you know, you really have a, a party that has been taken hostage by extremists and Nancy Pelosi has surrendered. It's sheer insanity. And the good news is, Greg, the American people are going to see through it. Yeah, and hopefully at the end of the day, the, the level heads will indeed prevail. I think the attempt to try and, and not only undermine the process here, undermine the presidency, undermine Congress, but undermine our very way of life in many respects, the American way of life, is, is clearly part of, of what's at foot here, the, the, the game at hand, so to speak. I mentioned, by the way, that Sebastian has a new book out called The War for America's Soul, and boy, have I got some good news for you. He's going to be here in the San Francisco Bay Area. You'll get a chance to hear him, meet him, even get a personal autograph in your own copy of The War for America's Soul. And Sebastian, we're so looking forward to your visit here coming up in November, and I want to be precise about this for listeners. You'll be here Friday, November the 15th, speaking along with our good friend Hugh Hewitt at the Fremont Marriott Hotel, part of this national tour, The War for America's Soul. And Sebastian, we're very much looking forward to your visit. I can't wait to be there. Anything is possible in the age of Trump, so we never give up, we never give in, and even in the the People's Republic of California, we're going to come and we're going to fight for the truth. It'll be a delight to have you visit us here on the belly of the beast. (laughs) Seb, appreciate (laughs) so much the time and the insights. There is Sebastian Gorka. Don't forget the new book, newly released by Regnery Press. It's called The War for America's Soul. Don't forget, too, to mark your calendars. The date, Friday, November 15th, 7 p.m. at the Fremont Marriott Hotel. Sebastian Gorka, along with nationally syndicated talk show host and another best-selling author, Hugh Hewitt, will be here. Both will be kind of double-teaming that Friday night, an insight into where we're at, where the nation is headed, and doing this, of course, timed exactly one year away from the November general election. It'll be insightful, a lot of fun. So uh, line up, get your tickets. You can go online right now to kfax.com and reserve your seats. I'll mention, by the way, for those of you that are fans of Seb Gorka, you'd like to meet him. There's going to be a 
very special VIP gathering ahead of time, a chance to press the flesh, as the saying goes, meet Seb in person, get an autograph and your copy of his new book, The War for America's Soul, and enjoy special VIP seating. Details available on the web. Go to kfax.com and look for the banner, The War for America's Soul. Friday, November the 15th, 7 p.m. at the Fremont Marriott Hotel, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, and you. Details on the web at kfax.com. All right, 616. I'm six. Oh, we lost an hour. What happened? <laughs> 516, an update traffic from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All righty, we are back. 521 here on your Wednesday edition of Lifeline. We're going to turn now to our weekly installment, the ongoing Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords that Bind. With us is best-selling author and pastor Don Scott Damon. And I, I got to brag on you a little bit here, Don, as we welcome you to the program. I understand uh, congratulations are in order. Um, the new book that you've just written, The Freedom Challenge, has won two major book awards for Bible Study of the Year in the women's category and the the Golden Scroll Award and uh, Reader's Favorite International Book Award as well. So congratulations to you. Way to go. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. We scored in the top three, and I'm just so honored that, that the Lord has just given us favor. A lot of I know your your heart your hard work has gone into this book. A lot of your own personal pain and struggle with this topic as well. Um, mm-hmm. Writing a book yeah. is more than just committing words to paper or uh, you know putting a a, uh, a copy editor to work and a couple of good ideas here and there. I know that much of this is really born out of a tremendous sense not only of your own personal life experience but wanting other people to discover what it truly means to be free. And of course, we talk a lot about freedom. Uh, We talk about being free in Christ, being new creations in Christ Jesus. And yet for so many people, um, past experiences, pains and hurts, abusive situations and people that they've been exposed to down through life oftentimes puts people in jail. And even though they can go to the altar, go to the Word, pray a lot, understanding the keys in order to get out of those chains that bind are so critically important. And so I, I guess as we begin today, we're going to dive into the, the, ne- the next topic as we talk about the connection between thought and emotion. But before we do that, kind of give us a broad overview. For people listening that have been following through the Bible series, the Bible study series, and we talk about freedom. When we define freedom from a biblical standpoint, what exactly does that mean? What does that look like? Yes, well, thank you so much, first of all, for all of your introduction and what you just said. So for me, and, you know, freedom, there's so many definitions of freedom, but I just believe it's the ability to live following Christ, fully empowered by the Holy Spirit, free from the control of sin and failure, bondage, the oppression, free from disempowering negative thoughts and fearful thoughts, and being able to act in ways that are contrary to the natural impulse of our sinful nature. I am free from that. I don't have to respond to that. Another word is, you know, the Bible says, consider yourself dead 
and boy, the person who has died is free from everything. And so it's almost a, a matter of saying, I'm dead to that old person. I'm dead to those those painful emotions. I'm dead to those negative situations. I am alive in Christ. I am free in Jesus' name. So I think of freedom in those terms. Let's uh, let's talk about some of this pathway to freedom. We've covered a lot of territory mm-hmm. here over the past many weeks. One of the areas, and I think a very important intersection for us to talk about today, is people struggle with the notion of the connection between our thought process and emotion. And the kinds of events, the kinds of thoughts that can trigger emotions, and, you know, emotions can be good things, and they can be a tremendous blessing from God, but emotions, the wrong sort, that can perhaps um, trick us and trouble us and end up holding us captive. Those are the ones that we want to be able to sort of take command over, take control over, but I suppose if we're really going to be successful at um, taking control over our emotions, we nearly need to first think about and understand what it means to take control over our thought process. When Scripture says to take or hold every thought captive, what exactly does that mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that every thought that comes to us, not everyone is from God, of course. Not every thought is from our own mind. You know, some of those are those fiery darts or those missiles being shot into our thinking, those demonic thoughts. So when we take every thought captive... Craig, I think of it as, first of all, being aware of what you're thinking about and being able to take that thought, interrupt it, and submit it to Christ, put it under the scrutiny of the Scripture and the the light of God, and say, Lord, is this true? You know, this whole book, this whole process has been about helping people understand and identify. Maybe you've been dwelling on, meditating, thinking about something that's just a flat-out lie from Satan, and it does not line up with the Word of God, or maybe because of trauma. I know for me that was true from trauma, wounding, and this painful crisis that you go through. You have interpretations. I had wrong summaries and interpretations and false beliefs that I developed as a result of trauma, and then those false beliefs produced negative feelings. And so, and then those pathways are developed and they're enforced because, as we said before, your your mind will automatically go to home base. You know, I automatically go to what what is negative or, you know, destructive or undisciplined, and and so it is about taking authority of the thoughts, and not just taking authority over the thoughts, but training your mind to do that work by the power of the Holy Spirit, that I interrupt instantly, and I think, wait a minute, that is not of God. And the more you know the Word of God, the more you begin to recognize the lies of the enemy and the lies of your own thoughts. Do we have to put this in context in the sense that for a lot of people this seems to be a bit on the overwhelming side, and yet I think to be mindful of the notion that Oftentimes, we have been subjected to negative thought, negative emotions, the consequences of the the lies that we have been told by the enemy, both uh, down below and and sometimes even along the uh, the horizontal plane. That overcoming this and being able to turn it off and be able to differentiate between the truth and a lie 
really takes some time and effort, doesn't it, given the fact that we've been sort of, um, how should we say this, uh, immersed, uh, brainwashed for such a long period of time. We've bought into the lie for so long that that really becomes a habit that we learn to break, that we need to learn to break, isn't it? Yeah, we do. We have habits of thinking. That's exactly true. And, you know, we're not a student of our thinking. We, we can all of a sudden realize that we've been telling ourselves a negative story. And maybe you're daydreaming or you're thinking about something. And when you start really, you know, one of the exercises that we do in the book is I say, I want you to think about what you're thinking about. You know, for the next seven days um, in one chapter, I want you to every day journal and think about what are your thoughts? And it's such a powerful exercise because we're, I have women tell us, tell me, you know, I was thinking about they were in a car accident or they, you know, they were in an ambulance or somebody was being beat up or they were divorcing me or they were having an affair on me. Every, all these thoughts, they're rampant and they run roughshod over us. And all of a sudden you'll find that you're way out in a scenario that you've dreamt up, thought about, and it's not even based in reality. Mm. And, and then that poor person comes and you see him face to face and you about want to take their head off. Well, <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been telling myself a bad story all day long. And, and that we don't recognize that, you know what, this is a Christian discipline, a self-control to say, wait a minute, this is not Jesus. My, this is not, I am meditating and fellowshipping with darkness. What am I doing? interrupt that, take it captive, submit it to God, and then, you know, replace it with the truth of God, which, again, you're right, if we don't know the truth, we're going to have a hard time renewing our minds. So that's why, you know, Scripture and knowing that Word and even knowing how to just out loud speak a positive thought or a, or a declaration that says, and so many times if I'll, a negative thought will come in my mind or a scary thought, and I'll say out loud, That is not my thought. I do not receive that. And I just let the enemy know. I put it out in the atmosphere that, you know what, I know where that, I know the origin of that thought. I know where it came from. The devil is a liar, and I'm not going to bite, not taking the bait. Yeah, you've got to hold those thoughts captive and and rebuke rebuke them. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, let's not lose note of the fact (coughs) that entire political strategies have been built on the idea of just simply repeating a lie often enough so that eventually people begin to accept it as the truth and embrace it, even though maybe at least initially they were fully aware that this was a lie. That shows you just how crafty the devil can be. Dawn Scott Damon, best-selling author, her new book, The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You, recipient of two major book awards for Bible Study of the Year in the Women's Category and the Golden Scroll Award along with the Reader's Favorite International Book Award. We're going to get back to more of our conversation, more of our study, as Lifeline continues. 5.30, an update on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, back to our conversation. Pastor Don Scott Damon, 
Our continuing series, The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You. And uh, the book, again, recipient of a couple of new awards. And our congratulations to Dawn for that. Dawn, let's uh, let's come back to our, our conversation just before the break. We were touching on the notion of, of learning how to take every thought captive and and pulling those into into control and of course one of the keys is that our thoughts can oftentimes trigger our emotions and so learning how to recognize when that's going to happen or is it about to happen it's beginning to happen um, evaluating what all of that means and then I suppose not just rerouting our our thought process but also rerouting our feelings before we suddenly kind of get pulled into that vortex of depression or woe is me or I can't do it or I'm I'm unworthy, I, I'm worthless, whatever that might look like. Yeah, I often say that it's a good thing to keep a, an emotional journal. For many survivors or people who are coming out of trauma, you know, they've been numb for so long that when healing starts, getting emotions back is really a beautiful thing from God, but sometimes it can really be scary and feel overwhelming. And, um, you know, like we said before, when you go numb because of trauma, you don't just get to escape the bad emotions, you lose the beautiful ones as well. And so knowing that these feelings, um, now you're giving voice to them and you're allowing them to come. You can be like a two-year-old toddler at first. They can really be a little bit out of control. And so we learn to control them. They, those emotions don't have to control us. We don't have to be afraid of them. It's okay to ride the wave and to feel what we're feeling, but let's recognize what it is. Let's evaluate it. Uh, in other words, um, is this a powerful emotion that brings me towards my goal, that helps me move towards living life um, in an abundant way? Or is this something that's negative and it's going to bring me, like you said, down in that vortex? So let me reroute that feeling. Let me let me not ignore it and, and, and pretend that it doesn't go there. But now let me say, you know, I've expressed it, I feel it, and what can I do to reframe it into a creative way? How can I take that energy and say, you know what, let me ask myself these questions. What am I really feeling here? What's really going on? You know, so I'm feeling this emotion, but the emotion is giving me a signal that says, you know what, there's still a wound right here, or you're feeling angry, but the truth is is that it's triggering your abandonment from your childhood. And I think we... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just think it's it's work. It's you know you get that journal out and you take note of it, and become a student of it. Well, you know it, it, when when Scripture talks about things like laboring to enter into His rest or having to work our our salvation, having to die daily to the flesh. Clearly, there's work about this, but it's good work and it can be very productive work provided that we're willing to do the work and and recognize what direction in which we need to, to pull. Uh, I, you know, my mind immediately goes to uh, those moments when it becomes kind of a, a Philippians 4.8. And I love this passage of Scripture where the Apostle Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And so, So I think to keep in the back of our mind that in those moments when there's a tendency for the enemy to try through our thought process to 
pull our emotions into that negative vortex, to be immediately mindful, to take every thought captive, and to then begin concentrating not on the negativity but on these positive things. Can that be a major, um, should we say, tool in our arsenal to help us get to, to, to prevent ourselves from getting pulled into that vortex? Yeah, I believe so. I think that's a skill. I think it's, it's, um, it's an outlook on life. It is the way we should navigate this terrain of life. I think of my heart and my emotions like a garden, and I say I want to plant the right seed and I'll get the right crop, and I want to get those weeds out. And at the same time, I understand that, you know, when I was going through my healing, Craig, um, I had to grieve, and I had to feel some sadness, and I had to feel... Um, I had to feel I had to feel some of those thoughts, the um, negative emotions that I really want to run away from. But I needed to honor myself and say it's okay to feel that. But I'm not going to live there, and it's not going to be my go-to space. And I'm going to allow that emotion to come, and I'm going to let it um, rush through me and out of me, if that makes sense. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace that with gratitude. I'm so thankful, God, that you showed me that. Or I'm going to place it, replace it with joy. I'm, I'm so joyful that I'm set free from that. So, so you're saying so that we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be terrified to go there, just that we shouldn't stay there once we get there. And by that I mean, uh, let's face it, we go through events in life that will rob us of our childhood, will rob us of a sense of purity or innocence that will steal from us uh, what should have been beautiful memories about certain times in life, certain events, things of this sort. And I think there's, there's an appropriateness to grieving and acknowledging that loss, but then we don't linger there. We don't, you know, set up camp there, so to speak, but we acknowledge it, we grieve, and then we move on. Yes. Amen. And then we don't let it become our identity. So I feel it, but I'm, I'm, it's not my identity. I'm not a victim. I'm not a depressed person. No, I am, I am free, and that goes back to the beginning of the show. I am set free from that. I can live as a full, engaged, fervent, passionate follower of Jesus Christ, delivered from those things of the past, and, and those cords, they don't bind me up. Um, this chapter is called Rebound because I am I am re-tied up to God in in the in the way that He wants me with joy and strength and all that you just read out of Philippians four eight the noble thoughts and the pure and whatever think on those things above that's that's my identity that's who I am in a, a less delicate fashion one might say uh, be careful what you hitch your wagon to <laughs> and sometimes we tend to hitch our wagon to all the negativity and I think um, Pastor Damon what you're suggesting here is that what we hitch our proverbial wagon to or what we allow ourselves to be bound to should be these pure holy wholesome encouraging positive thoughts and and emotions and to to understand that it's okay to go through those dark moments provided that we don't try and and as I said before uh, you know plant, set up set up camp there but rather move to and through all of that and then really tie ourselves to the positive things yes yes I love it because I'm not gonna I'm not going to be bound to depression I'm not going to be bound to rejection I'm not going to be bound to anger I am going to tie myself and bind my mind to the mind of Christ 
I'm going to bind my heart to the heart of Jesus, and I'm going to feel compassion and love and thanksgiving, and I'm going to feel enthusiasm. That's what I'm going, yes, and so I love it. That's Jesus said in the Word, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Well, you know, we always think of that as something negative. No, it's positive, too. I bind my feet to the path of Jesus Christ, and I will not wander. So being rebound to Jesus is so powerful. The book, again, is called The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You, released by Redemption Press and uh, now recipient of a couple of very prestigious uh, publisher awards. We'd like to thank Pastor Don Scott Damon for being with us. And uh, if you want to recapture any of our ongoing Bible study series, you can certainly do so with the Lifeline podcast at kfax.com. The book available through the usual suspects, Bay Area Christian Bookstores, Amazon.com, or through Pastor Scott's website at Don Scott Damon. That's Pastor Don Scott Damon, DonScottDamon.com. 545. Get a look at traffic for you right now, once again, from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome to Healing Habits with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. On today's edition, we talk about some of the top six reasons why people are forced to quit work and go out on permanent disability. Well, you might guess what the top two of the six are, arthritis and back pain and or lower neck pain. In fact, chronic back, neck, and leg pain accounted for more than 264 million lost work days last year alone. If you're one of those, stay tuned. We'll offer some insights on how to finally get the relief you seek. Dr. Dong, when you hear those statistics of how many people suffer from arthritis, neck pain, lower back pain, debilitating to the point where Americans lost a combined total of 264 million work days last year alone, it's shocking. Wow, that can be solved so easily. Let's talk about some of the steps that are necessary in solving. And then I guess the first step is to first and foremost ascertain what's the source of the pain. How do you go about determining that? The source of pain, of course, technology will uh, help us to identify the, the true underlying cause of it. But in reality, if you look at, like, if, if you have neck pain um, and then you have an X-ray and, um, and then your symptoms will be like if you have a neck problem, your symptoms will be going down to your arm, tingling, numbness in your arm or headaches. Look at your X-ray, look at your MRI. Where is the location of the problem? Usually it's going to be C4, C5, C5, C6. How about in the lower back? It's always the pattern that we have to catch and find out the cause of the problem. How about lower back? The lower back is going to be L4, L5, L5, S1. Those are the most degenerative discs, bulging discs, herniated discs, degenerative discs. That's a disc problem. Also arthritis, like the actual bone that is growing. What, is, what does it cause when you're, you have bulging discs? It's the stenosis. In the low back, it's more the stenosis. It's narrowing of the canal. It's called for our canal stenosis, for raminal stenosis. It's narrowing. So bottom line is that the cause of the pain is two things. is pressure on the nerve and on the bone, and then also infla- inflammation of that. So if we have ways to solve it, then we can help a lot of people. To what degree is this sort of degeneration 
normative as we age. And I'm thinking about effects of things like time and age and maybe sports injuries or gravity all impacting us. Some people sort of resign themselves to the notion that they're forever going to be taking pain pills to address this issue. But my impression is that that's not necessarily the right perspective. No, aging is always part of it. We can degenerate very fast or a normal process of aging so that we don't have to live in pain. So the way that a lot of people uh, degenerate faster and they have excruciating pain, press on the nerve, um, that going down to their arms or their feet is because of their increasing of the pressure. The loading pressure on the disc so that it just it degenerates faster. Okay, And then the way that we have to solve it is to reducing the pressure on the disc, on the bones, and reducing the inflammation. So there's there's way there's techniques that we can do that. Now this kind of runs contrarian to, and most people listening that suffer from lower back pain or neck pain will bear me out on this. That traditionally the approach has been: you come in, you complain about where the particular area of pain seems to be. The doctor will prescribe you pain medication, maybe anti-inflammatories. There might be a prescription for a period of physical therapy, and then immediately they jump to things like invasive surgery, fusing the spine, things of that sort. It seems to me, though, that that's an awful quick rush to surgery, which oftentimes can create more damage than it actually occurs. That's why um, a lot of people have the surgery, and then they will have a fusion surgery later on. The reason is that you never solve the problem. Your force is still there, the loading force. I keep seeing the loading force that's creating the pressure on the disc, Herniated disc, bulging disc, okay, degenerative disc. If it's on bone, it's going to be arthritis, extra bone that's growing. Okay, that's the loading force that's creating the pressure. Surgery would not solve that problem. The surgery would just cut off the nerve so it doesn't press, uh, cut off the disc or cut off the bone. It, it never solves uh, reducing the pressure. So we need to help the patient to understand how to reducing the pressure of the disc of, on the bone so it doesn't uh, cause continued degenerations uh, of the person, and then also reducing the inflammations. So inflammation is a cause of a lot of pain. So we have to know ways of doing that. Some examples of inflammation is like people with diabetes, the chance there will be inflammation that will affecting their low back autoimmune conditions like psoriasis, RA, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, uh, that's RA. Um, lupus, so that's the inflammatory process that causes inflammations that de- can degenerate um, your spine faster. So in your practice, is it frequent to discover a patient who comes in complaining of chronic lower back pain or neck pain that maybe has been diagnosed with degenerative uh, discs, and then you find out after a thorough examination that there are other things that are contributory, like you mentioned, things such as arthritis or diabetes? Now we are living in a toxic world. So, yes, that's always the case. It's not just the low back anymore. It's also the, the eating habit that's causing it, the disease that's causing it, the other disease that's causing inflammation, like I said, immune system. Now people have a hard time, like, sleeping. They have a hard time, like, going to the bathroom, constipations or diarrhea. The brain is inflamed. So there is it's multiple thing that causes the inflammatory process. So we need to find ways of helping the patients to reduce inflammation, eating appropriately, so now they can fix their pain, 
in the neck or in the back or any in any part of the body. So you're really taking a step back then and looking at multiplicity of potential causal forces that are all contributory toward the patient's complaint, my back hurts. But there's oftentimes a lot more going on behind the scenes. And sadly, and quite frequently, doctors fail to fully diagnose this, or if they diagnose it, medicine is the only answer they have to try and cure it. You have some procedures that you've developed down through the years in a holistic approach that not only harnesses healthy lifestyle, healthy living, healthy eating, but modern technology to help relieve a lot of the causal forces and ultimately lead people into a pain-free lifestyle. Talk a little bit about your approach and using many of these non-invasive, non-surgical procedures to offer people a life free from pain. The only way that we can solve chronic conditions is your own body. You have to heal from within. That's how you fix the chronic pain or any chronic disease that you have is yourself, your body. How do you fix the bodies? Okay, like let's, let's get me in, in, in the example so that uh, the audience will understand. If you have um, low back pain, herniated disc, bulging disc stenosis, that, go, uh, that give pressure on the nerve, it can go down into your leg, or it's just at the back pain only, or I've even had patients that say, I don't have back pain anymore, I just have a leg pain. Or numbness, numbness in, the hands. In, mm-hmm. in the hands or in the feet, okay? So there's this issue. So now what we need to do is that we need to find out where, what's the reason, what's the reasoning behind it. So you need to take a thorough history, understand is there a loading force that's causing the degenerative, the bulging disc, the stenosis on the neck and on the lower back. The neck is what, C4, C5, C5, C6, low back L4, L5, L5, S1. Okay, so the, those are the area that we're looking at. Is there a loading force on it? The X-ray, the MRI will always confirm that for us. So we know the area of the loading force that's causing the issue. Second, that we need to understand the person. There's a way that you need to find out is that are you going to the bathroom frequently? You, that's the way that you detox, right? You have to look, help the patient to understand they're sleeping. And you have to understand the oxygens. Oxygens makes the body more alkaline. That's chemistry right there. What do you do frequently to reduce uh, the loading force? Do you have a healing habits? Is the habits that you need to create to reduce that pressure? So I developed a two pumps exercise that I ask my patients, whenever you feel that loading on your back or on your neck, what you need to do is that you need to do this exercise to reduce the pressure immediately so it doesn't build up. The pressure do build up. That's why you degenerate. Why do you degenerate the low back? It's not just one time. It's throughout the years that you cause the herniated disc, bulging disc, arthritis on the, on the back. So you have to have a healing habits of that. And, and then, when a patient comes in then for your consultation and for a thorough examination, you're, it's really a multi-point then exam. You're looking at not what's only going on within the arena of pain, be it the lower back or the neck, but then counting every other potential contributory factor. Yes, of course. Anything can contribute. In. The emotion can, can contribute in your muscles being tight. So it's the, uh, it's the multiple approach, how to help the body to heal from within. So understanding the body, understanding where's the weakness, and then supporting the body so the body can heal. We talked about technology. Technology is just wonderful. Like we have the five-point therapy. We have the latest technologies 
in terms of reducing the pressure on the lower back, allowing the disc to heal, having the right nutrients into the disc and heal, reducing the pressure. Um, and then there's also the like lasers, uh, cold lasers um, technology that's helped the patients to heal better. But it's the right approach. It's the timing aspect of it, the experience, and then also working with the patients, guiding the patients so that they can feel good. The key words I would say to the patient is that the therapy that we do, you have to feel good. The exercise, the habits that you create, you have to feel good. When you feel good, your body is be more relaxed. When your body is relaxed, that's how your body heals. Can you estimate for us, doctor, how many patients that come in complaining of chronic back pain, lower neck pain, arthritis, who have been on medication perhaps for years to try and mitigate some of the pain, go through your procedures, begin to implement these daily healing habits that you've spoken of, and then are able to eventually become not only pain-free, but painkiller-free? Any idea what the percentage looks like? My patients, when they do exactly what they said, their success rate is just tremendous. And I prefer not to give the numbers because I'm not God. I don't do the healing with the patient. When the patient is doing their work, my coaching, their success rate is tremendous because I believe the body can heal itself. And the patients, when they follow through the process, their success rate is going to be very high because their body can heal from within. There's such a high percentage of people today that are frustrated with living with chronic debilitating pain every single day that not only perhaps impacts your ability to, to live, to enjoy life, to even engage in performing daily tasks. If this describes you and you're at wit's end, there's a very special offer that Dr. Duong is offering at this moment through the Holistic Health Center. If you call today, Dr. Duong is offering a $47 consultation for the first eight callers who qualify, and all you need to do is call 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. And Dr. Duong, I understand that this complete examination and consultation that you're offering for only $47 is typically a $287 value. Yes. I want to see if I can help you and you, you have been living in pain for a long period of time, so now is the time to find out, is there a solution to solve your chronic pain? And the good news is you don't have to live with pain anymore. To get more information, again, the telephone number to call is 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. For a limited time, Dr. Duong is offering a $47 consultation for the first eight callers who qualify. So call today the Holistic Health Center at 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Also, lots of wonderful resources and teaching videos available online at Dr. DuongLive.com. That's DrDuongLive.com. Doctor, we appreciate you coming in today, and we hope for all of our listeners that more and more they'll begin to develop healing habits. Thank you, Craig.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.